to the Creative Team Talks podcast for Hillsong Creative. This week we have something extra special for you. We're bringing you a recent team night message from one of our team. We hope that it blesses you. How are you Hillsong Creative? It is so good to see everybody. Being a part of this team for like a very long time for me is something that I'm so aware of that these nights, um, they are fun and it is good having forced fellowship. Whether you like it or not, you have to do it. And, uh, but I truly believe and know that the reason we put on a night like this isn't just because you guys are bored and have nothing else to do. It's uh, I believe and I'm hoping more than anything that God would speak to us tonight. And that I have actually so much hope and so much faith in who God is and His Word. And I'm believing He has put something on my heart for our team as we head into whatever this next season might be. And so I just want to encourage each and every one of you, like any kind of prayed, I love what she shared at the end of worship, that we all might be in a different stage of our lives right now and seasons. But the reality is that God can speak to each and every one of us. And so I just want us to close our eyes because I, I don't want to just gather for the sake of it. And, and Father, I just thank you for who you are. And God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here, that is presenced with us as, as you promised, Lord God, that as we gather in your name, Lord, that you are in our midst. And above anything else tonight, God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, maybe for where there's tired and weary hearts, God, that you would... Uh, just refresh and refill and with only the energy that can come from you and your word, Lord. And I just thank you just for who you are. Thank you for all you've done, Lord God, for each and every one of us, God. Thank you for all you've done in our church, God. But I just thank you for what you have ahead for us as your people in your church. Uh, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. If you believe, would you say amen? Amen. amen. You can take your seat. I'm going to sit down as well. Is that okay? And I don't know exactly who is uh, linked. I think we're on live television right now to the whole world. So hello to everybody. Uh, so I have uh, in, the, in the last, it's almost been two months, have been given the most incredible honour, something that I'm so humbled and excited to be able to lead our creative team. And I found myself about a week and a half ago, I was in the United States of America and I went to this conference called the Belonging Co. Conference and I was with Shekinah. Where's Shekinah? She better be in the room for this. Okay, everyone tell her that I mentioned her name and mentioned that I was at this conference with her. She was just before, Shek just got back from Europe and I was talking to her in the office and I knew I had to go... Um, to have a meeting in Nashville and I was trying to figure out when to do it and she was telling me at the end of her Europe trip she's going to go to the Blogging Co conference and Henry and Alex Seely who are who are fellow Aussies um, that you know I've known for decades they moved over about 12 years ago and started this church and it's incredible to see what God's doing and I, I Sheck was telling me about it so I really wanted to go and just be a part of it and I, I kind of realized it's probably the first conference in decades that I've ever gone to and not done anything so I was so selfish I just worshipped and enjoyed the word of God but it was funny I was talking to a bunch of people and when some friends were introducing us they were you know saying that I'm now I uh, get to lead Hillsong Creative 
And I remember this one lady, she said to me, oh, wow, how, how is Hillsong? And, uh, and, and what's next? What are you guys going to do? And, um, you know, I've definitely been praying and seeking God about what my answer would be. So I didn't have to think. I already knew. And I just looked at her and I said, I don't know. <laughs> and the truth is, I don't know what is in our future. And I kind of think about... Um, uh, you know, for those of us that are around at conference, we're Martin Smith. I feel like the Hillsong Conference this year was incredible, but it was really significant, I think, for us as a church, even though there are other visitors. And, and like Martin was sharing about that incredible song, if you haven't already listened to it, I still, I listen to it on the way here tonight. I love it. Um, my eyes are on you. And it comes from 2 Chronicles um, 20 verse 12, where it, uh, it says, Oh, our God, Will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And I love that when the people of Israel were absolutely backs against the war, had so many enemies, so much opposition that they were like, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And I kind of feel like that's a really safe and comfortable place to be in because it's saying that our eyes and our reliance is on God. And I guess what I can say to you is that even though I don't know what we're doing, I don't know where we're going, I, there are some things that I do know and that's what I wanted to share tonight. And really for me, I've, from the very start of, of, being, of, of being able to be blessed to lead this team, I just thought, you know what, I just, all I want to do is be obedient to where God is leading, me personally and us as a church and listen to what God is doing and obey that and then give it my all. And I'm like, well, I can't fail. might fail in your eyes. It might fail in someone else's eyes. But I believe that if we can actually be the kind of people who just go, God, what do you want for my life? What are you asking of me? And then the hard bit is obeying that. <laughs> and we can give it our all. I believe we can't fail. And, you know, I think about the fact that I was, I've been a part of this church most of my life and actually I've been in this creative team. I was in the kids choir when I was in kids and I did have like a two-year break from singing. But that's because Lucy Fisher, my singing teacher, realised my voice was breaking and I went from speaking in a higher-pitched voice to my mum than uh, at the deepest voice. But besides that, I've, I was thinking about being a part of this team and, and also wanted to take a moment um, to just show my gratitude for the leaders that have gone before us. I think about Darlene Check, who was like a second mum to me, and I'm so grateful for her and the foundations that, have, that she was a part of building. And then Phil Dooley, I don't know whether you realise this, for a really short stint, was our creative pastor after Darlene. Imagine going after Darlene. I actually, I remember when Phil was asked that, like, how are you going to stand in her shoes? And I just remember him going, well, we've got, my foot's a different size. My, her shoes don't fit me. And I kind of love that idea. And then I think there's the next season, uh, it was Reuben and Joel, and they are incredible. And then obviously more recently, Cass and Rich and all those people I love so dearly. And I'm so grateful for their leadership and their contribution. But yet here we stand on the dawn, or we're already in, the next era and the season that God has for us. And the reason I said all that, because there's a scripture that comes to mind for me that is just so foundational to who we are as a team and so kind of foundational and obvious that I've like, uh, we all know it, but I kind of felt, I just wanted to read it again. And it's not even what I want to talk about tonight, but it's just something that has never changed. And it's the foundation and it's been so important to us. And I'm sure you all know it, but I read it constantly because I think it's a really healthy reminder. And it's Exodus 33, in verse 12, Moses said to God, 
Look, you tell me, lead these people, but you don't let me know whom you're going to send with me. You tell me, I know you well and you are special to me. If I'm so special to you, let me in on your plans. That way I'll continue being special to you. Don't forget, this is your people and your responsibility. Don't you love the way that Moses is speaking to God here? He's like, it's kind of, and uh, and God said, my presence will go with you. I'll see the journey to the end. Moses says, if my presence, if your presence doesn't take the lead here, then call this trip off. How else will anyone know that you're with me in this, with me and your people? Are you traveling with us or not? How else will we know that we're special, I and your people among all the other people on the planet of earth? And God said to Moses, all right, just as you say, this I will also do for you. I know you well and you are special to me. I know you by name. And for us, it's, it's the reason why before we ever do any service, we pray side of stage or wherever we might meet is because we want to, before we do anything, we want to commit that God's presence and his spirit will go before us because that is the thing that is going to mark us, that is going to bring change. And so I, I love that. And, and that is my heart for us as a team, as Hillsong Creative and as individuals. Uh, but there's a few thoughts I wanted to share that I believe God's speaking to me and I hope it's for us as a team. I believe it is and it's around a few words. Seasons, soil, seed and fruit. Seasons, soil, seed and fruit. And I've, I've been praying a lot. <laughs> I hope you have been too. And I remember trying to, I was asking God, I'm like, what season are we in? What, what, what are we heading into? And I this... I'm not 100% sure if it's God. You know when someone goes, God said, then you can't argue. I'm going to let you argue this one with me because I just it's what I felt in my spirit is that I was going, God, what season is it? And I felt like him asked me, what season is it? And I'm like, well, you mean like on the calendar? And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's spring. And I just felt, you know what? For us as a team, it's spring. It's time for new growth. And I believe we can already see it. And I'm excited about it. And we're going to see God actually do bring something incredible that I believe we've never seen before. And I think about fruit. And hang on, sorry, I said that. Um, who loves fruit? The older I get, the more I like fruit. What's your favorite fruit? Yell it out. Watermelon. My favorite fruit is grapefruit. I love grapefruit. That's my favorite. Anyone else love grapefruit? No, nah, Shelby, just laughing at you. Love it too. It is sour, but I like it. Um, I, <laughs> you know how I said how good was Jad's leading worship? I take it back. Um, <laughs> I'm no, I love fruit, but I, I think about the fruit of us as a team. I just wanted to share a bit of my heart. Is that all right? It's, and. Uh, I think about the fruit that we ha- that our church and our team has produced and I think the greatest fruit would be that of salvation, of people discovering who Jesus is. I think about the fruit of people growing in their journey, their discipleship journey, their spiritual formation of, of knowing and drawing closer to Jesus. I think about the community that is formed within our church, the relationships, the mir- miraculous things that we've seen God do as a church and then specifically for us as a team, I think about even just the teams within our team, all the different parts of Hillsong Creative that make up Hillsong Creative, the fruit of that. Our Sunday services is a big thing that we do. We've done conferences, creative moments. There's been tours and mission trips, Christmas spectaculars. Um, There's been some incredible albums and songs. 
so much fruit and, and that's just a few of the fruit that we've bored together as a team and I do love the fruit that we have produced but I'm hopeful and expectant that there is great fruit in our future and the truth is I don't want to obsess over the fruit because the most important part of producing fruit is actually the soil and so for us I want us to focus on the soil I do just want to say two random but I think important things number one is as far as I'm aware our church is called Hillsong right it still is yeah good and I just want to encourage and remind us that we're a singing church that we are a worshiping church And we're a church that I believe has a mandate to bring new songs, to shape sounds of corporate encounters with Jesus. And we have never done this because our name is Hillsong. It's always been about what God has done authentically inside the people that call this church home. It's been honest and it's been authentic. It's always been about an encounter over entertainment and it's always been about His presence over performance. So I believe that mandate is still on our house and on us as individuals. The second thing I want to just remind us of is that this team, our name is creative. And I believe we're called to be creators and to be creative, not copiers. And I don't want to be a part of a team that preserves the past or imitates ourselves, but pioneer and look at what we can do as a gathering of people to bring glory to God. And so I just want to stir and remind us. I think we know that, but it's kind of just wanted to say that. But like I said, I do believe there is great fruit in our future. But again, I'm not really focused on obsessing over producing fruit. I want to obsess over the soil. And for me, this isn't just a one-off, one-time message. I believe it's what God has been speaking to me about and what I care about. And to be honest, even what Phil has been talking about since he has been in leadership. It's about the health of us as individuals. And, um, and so I want to focus on the soil of our team. And, you know, I don't know if you realise this, but I am an undercover landscaper. That's right. I love landscaping. Not doing the work, just admiring it and looking at other people and what they've done. And, and Lauren and I, we, uh, well... Almost just over 12 months ago, we moved into a brand new home that we got to build, and, but we didn't have any landscaping in our front yard. And like I think anybody who builds a house, by the time it comes to landscaping, you're out of money. Every time we got a landscaper come, I'd be like, hey, uh, you know, we've, we've gone over budget. So like, he's like, yeah, that's what everybody tells me. And anyway, in our front yard, it was pretty much just like a, 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 a small rolling hill with lots of soil, lots of dirt. And so... I was thinking, all right, we could probably, the easiest thing to be is just to kind of level it out and just roll some turf over it, over this. We just had so much soil, so much dirt. And every single landscaper that came and quoted to, um, and helped to give us ideas, they would, before I'd even say anything, they'd come and they'd look at our front yard, the soil, the dirt, and they'd be like, that soil is, um, I can't say the word because we're in church. <laughs> but it wasn't a polite, they didn't encourage our soil. They, they said that nothing's going to grow on this dirt. They're like, you, you, it's just, your builder's just got it from, you know, has dug something out and just dumped it there. Nothing's going to grow on this soil. And I was like, I thought soil was soil. Isn't like dirt, dirt. And I quickly realized that the, depending on the quality of the soil depends on whether anything's going to grow in it. And 
Jesus actually talks about the importance of soil. And just for a few minutes before we wrap up, I wanted to just look at a parable that uh, Jesus teaches about. It's found in Matthew 13. It's also in Mark 4. And it's the parable of the, the, the farmer who sows seed. And you'll probably be familiar with it. I want to, I'll recap it quickly and then because it's cool, Jesus then explains what he says. But he's talking about there's four types of soil. That there's that seed, that the farmer sows seed and the first soil is a road and the seed falls on the road and, it, um, and the birds come and take it because it doesn't even get into the soil. And the second type of soil is like gravelly, rocky soil that's really shallow and so um, the seed bursts forth, the, the, it shoots, and then because of the heat of the sun and it's, it's in shallow soil, it doesn't have deep roots, it withers straight away. And then there's seed that goes among the thorns and that seed grows up and the thorns choke and strangle it. But then there's seed that falls into good soil and that seed produces 30, 60, 100-fold crop. And in, in um, the... When Mark retells it in Mark 4.13, so Jesus tell, Mark is retelling Jesus' parable and just before Jesus shares what the explanation is, it's, uh, Jesus says in Mark 4.13, he said, And I said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So this kind of just, this is the first parable that Jesus teaches and this shows the significance of this parable. He's basically saying, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand any of the parables. So let's jump back into Matthew 13, verse 18. So this is when he's explaining the meaning of this. And Jesus says, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what, the sown along, this is, what is sown along the path. As for, the, uh, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but it endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And it, provoke, and it proves unfruitful. And as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundred, in another sixty, and in another thirtyfold. So the, obviously the farmer here is God. And the seed is his word, his calling, his plan, his purpose for each and every single one of us. And the fruit is what is produced when this seed finds good soil. The soil is our hearts. It's our lives. And so I just wanted to quickly look at these four types of soil, believing that for us, more than anything as individuals, because as individuals we make up this incredible creative team, and go, how can we make sure the soil of our heart is right and ripe to be able to receive God's word, his seed, his promise, for each and every single one of us, so that we can actually bear fruit, fruit that is incredible and that brings blessing to, it blesses the heart of God, it blesses those around us, and I believe it can even bless us individually. And so, hardness of heart is the first, is the, is the soil, it's that path where the seeds get stuck there and the birds just, the, the enemy steals the seed because the path is too hard. 
the rocky ground, like I said, it's shallow soil. It does sprout quickly, but when challenge comes, it withers. Thorns and weeds, it's the cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches that strangle and choke the seed, the word of God, I believe his call, his purpose that sustains and leads us. Then there's the good soil that produces a harvest. So I wanted to, out of those, because one of them is good. Does anyone know which one we're going for? Just checking if you're awake. I know this is riveting stuff. I came to talk about dirt. That's right. You're all dirt. I want to be dirt. Sit down if you want to be dirt. Yeah, we all want to be dirt. (laughs) Sorry. You've missed me, haven't you? So I have three elements that I believe that we can be good soil to be able to, again, be who God's calling us to be. And the first one is a soft heart. A soft heart to take in God's word. To be, just to even be able to hear and understand it. So many times throughout the prophets, they prophesied that, you know, you don't, you don't hear and you don't see. And that is because the surface, the soil is, is too hard. Our hearts can be too hard. And I brought props, guys. Can you tell? I don't know if I've ever used props in a message. So uh, let's see how this goes. It works in my head. But um, so here we have... Does anyone know what this represents? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm going to have fun. So seed that the farmer sows. Oh, is that hitting some, some hard soil? Yep. It's actually not. Here's where I'm going to ask you to be creative. Are, you, are we creative? <laughs> I feel like I've accurate, accurately represented the other three types of soil, but this first one is a super dodgy. But I just did my best because ac- what I've got here, this is cardboard. It represents the, uh, uh, the hard soil, the path. What's interesting about the path is, I'm going to, actually I'll hold on to it for a second, see how much dramatic effect I can have with cardboard. <laughs> Scraping the, bottom of the barrel, bottom of the barrel. So pretend, this is where I need you to be creative. This is what represents the hard soil that the path, back where they would be sowing seeds, let me go a little bit uh, agricultural back in the time of Jesus is that the paths around where the farmers would have been sowing was actually dirt was actually soil but because it had been traveled on and trotted on so many times or so many people had walked and it had become so hard that the seed would land on it and nothing could go into it and I think for us we need to identify do we have a hard heart because we're never going to be able to take in what God is wanting to say to us. And I think, how do we identify a hard heart? I even think about this analogy of the path that was soil, that has been trodden on so much now that it has become a path that nothing can get in and nothing can be received through this soil, is that maybe your heart has been trodden on. Maybe you have travelled a path over and over for a long, long time, and maybe it can cause our hearts to go hard. I think about what is the sign of a of a hardened heart, I feel like it's unforgiveness. When we can't be gracious and forgiving to people or be loving to people, when we are ungrateful, when we, when Jad asks us to worship and to lift our voice and to pray, that maybe nothing comes out of our mouth. And, and I think about what softens that, what is the sign of a, of a soft heart? It is... The only way I believe that we can have our hearts softened if we might find ourselves in a place where we might feel like we've been trodden on or might feel 
that it's hard to forgive, it might feel like it's hard to love or even hard to praise. Is maybe we have forgotten that we are forgiven, how much we are loved. Like there's no condition to God's love. There's, it still blows my mind, Romans 8.38, that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And again, the, the mercy that we've received which to me leads to, leads to a grateful heart that only wants to worship God. But I believe we're never going to receive and be able to have this kind of healthy soil where God can do what only he can do and what he wants to do in our lives and in us as a team is, is we need to maybe soften our hearts again. And I love in Ezekiel 36, by the way, side note, just go read the whole chapter of Ezekiel 36. It's unbelievable this when uh, Ezekiel prophesies to the mountains, but this little verse in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, he says, it's a, it's a chapter and it's a prophecy of hope. He says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit and I'll put within you and I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a, a, the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So I want to encourage us and what I believe Jesus is teaching in this parable is that first and foremost, we need to make sure our heart is soft enough to actually receive the word of God. And I believe that God wants to and all through scripture, we see that he can heal the brokenhearted. No matter how calloused your heart or my heart might be for reasons that we can even justify, but we need to let the Holy Spirit and let God actually, he can give us a new heart. And I want to pray that tonight for us, that maybe you do feel like it, you've been trodden on or trampled on or maybe it's, you've been going on this journey for a while but hey, let's break that ground and make it soft again so that the seed, the promise, the word of God can get in our lives. That is the cardboard soil. The second soil, the second thing that Jesus teaches about is rocky soil. I'm doing this because, spoiler alert, I'm trying to get to just good soil, all right? So here we have rocky soil. And if you're a prophet, you can see what's coming next. But what does the, or if you just can see, <laughs> um, what does this rocky soil represent? Well, Jesus talks about that. This is people who hear the word of God. So they receive the seed. It gets there, gets planted, but it sprouts up really quickly. They get excited. There's emotion there that this feels awesome. I can feel you, God. I've got this is amazing experience. I've heard your word. This is great. I'm all about it. I love it. I can take on the world. I'm going to change the world. But then what happens? The, under the heat of the sun, this uh, seed that has sprouted, it withers and it dies. That even though there was enthusiasm and excitement to it, and the message actually talks about that it's because of a lack of character, it's, it's shallow soil the end of the day there were no roots that actually went down deep enough to be able to sustain when challenges come because we all know and uh, it's good to be reminded so we don't get as shocked that uh, when we decide to follow Jesus he doesn't promise that our problems go away or that it's going to be easy again what's uh, there's a narrow road it's hard it's windy but it leads to wide open spaces but yet there's this wide open space road but it leads to death and destruction so I think about what this represents for us. And again, I honestly, more than anything, I'm speaking to myself because the greatest thing I want to do as a leader is to lead by example and make sure the soil of my heart is good so I can, can let God do whatever he wants to do with me. And I'm just hoping we'll all be a part of it. But 
It's this picture of, is this, do we have a deep enough soil for roots to grow in our life? And it's something that actually I feel like as long as, and I can see a lot of faces who have been around even longer than me in part of our team, which encourages me more than you'll ever realise. But one of the foundational things that we've always talked about as a team is the importance of the unseen. Because I think about roots, they're under the surface. They are unseen. And for us, our lives, what we do on the platform, what we do in public, is only ever such a small percentage of who we actually are. And I think, yes, we need to make sure our hearts are softened, but there needs to be depth beneath the surface, the roots that grow. So when, again, these storms come, when disappointments happen, when we don't understand that we actually have a trust in God, that we are anchored, and that we, it's not just about knowing the right thing or saying the right thing, but it's actually about doing it and building our lives. It's part of, I love as a church, we've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount. We've been talking about building our lives on the solid rock. And for us, the soil of our life, is it deep enough to have roots that are going to hold us when the storms in life come? Because I believe it's all about what's under the surface. Strong roots are unseen, but we need the seed to take root. We need depth beneath the surface. The unseen matters. Two really quick ways we see this in Jesus, through Jesus in Matthew 6, verse 5. He's talking about praying. He says, When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in synagogues and street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And a couple of verses later, he's talking about prayer and fasting. He says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, um, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And again, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I think the significance of the depth of the soil that we can let the seed, the Word of God, take place in our life and as a team comes from beneath the surface and it comes from having deep roots. And so the question I have for you and for me is, how deep are the roots? How is the unseen portion of our life? Because it is so, it's so much easier to have it all together in front of everybody else. But God knows us and he loves us and we get to come before him honestly as we are. And can I encourage us to be more committed to building the parts of our lives that aren't seen than those that are seen. The third and final thing is this, and maybe Jad and the team can come if you want to. If you still love me, I still love you, I forgive you. He's never done anything wrong to me, <laughs> so it's pretty fun. Um, so we've talked about the hard soil, the hard, our softening our hearts, going deeper. And then the third soil, the third uh, area where the seed is, is not going to grow is among the weeds and the thorns. So here I have proper weeds on my way to church. I saw them on the side of the road. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get some weeds. Because I had this idea of putting pictures of all these different soils together. And then I thought, maybe I'll get some dirt. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to... I'm going to try and do what I'm doing right now. But I was like, I need to get some weeds. So I found some weeds on the side of the road. The Bible said, bless you in Jesus' name. These weeds, it's actually interesting that 
there's a few things about weeds that um, surprise me and I, and I have been learning now having my own garden too well is that weeds don't need to be fed to grow. Weeds come out of nowhere. We had a neighbour about three weeks ago lay brand new grass, like brand new grass. And, you know, I walked past it the other day with my beautiful wife, Lauren, and there were so many weeds in it. Like it was already, I'm like, how does that happen? I um, recently was in a car park. It was just full concrete. In the middle of the car park concrete, there was a weed that had grown through the concrete. It's like nothing can, these weeds... And they like, sometimes, even I drove past these tonight and they actually look like they look green. They could be flowers, but you get up close and there's like some little thorns there. And it's also interesting that when Jesus is talking about these weeds, he's saying that they will choke the Word of God. They will kill the Word of God, which is what what feeds our faith. It's the promise that He has. It's who He's calling us to be. And if there's weeds in the soil... It's saying that it literally chokes. Look, there's still even some rocks. But what's interesting, is this all right, by the way? I'm almost done. I just, I'm kind of just froth. I've never used props, so I'm getting used to it. I thought, you know, I'm the creative leader. I should try and get a little bit creative. I, I feel like God spoke to me and I've never felt, felt more convicted about this is what is important for us as a team to just obsess over the soil, not the fruit. But then I was like, I also don't want you to get bored. So I thought, let's get a pot of dirt and some weeds and some rocks and cardboard. But really quickly as we close this, Jesus gets really specific about two weeds. He talks about the cares of the world, our worries, the anxiety, the the things that this culture is saying that is important that we can spend our whole life chasing. And he says the deceit, the deceitfulness of wealth. Those are the only two weeds that he mentioned. And I think it's pretty important. And I think most other weeds can stem from that. The Bible talks about um, money is the root of all, love for money is the root of all evil. Money isn't, but the love of money. And so Jesus is going, these two weeds, these thorns will absolutely withhold and stop God's Word from bearing fruit in our lives. It's the love of money. And can I remind us, as I remind myself, that money can never be our motivation. In anything that we do, money can't be the motivation. And I know the season and what we've had to navigate over the last two years. I just pray that money is never our motivation. The truth is, when the Word of God, when the seed comes in healthy soil, it will produce 160, 30-fold. So there's going to be incredible blessing that comes, and that is the promise of God. But the motive must never be money. And then what's the other weed? It's the cares of this world. It's worry. It's something that if we just listen and look at how the world does things and every avenue, it's just only going to leave us feeling short because we're just comparing ourselves and competing and that can so happen easily inside a church we know that inside a team but worry is going to kill God's word wanting to bear fruit in our lives and as a team and I want to finish with two scriptures that are really well known but it's I just love these because one personally they I believe that these words 
helped me more than I'll ever be able to express in, in seasons that I found myself worrying like crazy. And Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7, it says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the centre of your life. I'm just going to tell you this absolutely works. Instead of worrying, pray. It says even like praise. Let prayer and praises, petitions of praises shape your worries into prayers and then you will sense God settling. It's not a one-time thing, by the way. Maybe for you, God might love you a little bit more than me. It was just day after day, night after night, and it just works. So important what we think on, what we dwell. And, and a couple of, literally the following verse says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say, you'll do your best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst. Kind of, if we just took that what if we just thought about the best and not the worst? In people, in each other, in ourselves, in the church. The best and not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you've heard and saw and realised. Do that and God, who makes everything work together, will work in you into His most excellent harmonies. And I don't say, I read a scripture like this and I was actually sharing it with my sister-in-law tonight because I was asking her whether the dirt thing's going to work. And so, um, and I'm like, I read a verse like that. It's like, just, you know, think positive thoughts. Like, you know, I kind of go, that's, yeah, that's lame. Does that work? But at the same time, I, I'm not saying any of this being naive to the challenges that we all face. I'm not unaware of the last two years of us as a church. I'm not ashamed of one day of it. I know for me personally, encountering God in a way that I've never encountered before and finding what my real foundation is in God and His Word. It's been grateful to be married to the best woman on the planet, be blessed with three incredible kids that I just want to be a good dad and a good husband and serve the Lord and just be good dirt. I want to keep it simple. I don't think I use the seed enough. In soil, it's not hard. We soften our hearts. We go a bit deeper under the surface. We remove those weeds of motivated by money or things or possessions or waiting till we've got this, till we can do that for God or for others. But we don't let worry choke out what God is telling us to do. No, we do what the Word of God says to us, is that we meditate on His Word day and night. We pray and we, we watch God actually take away our worry. So it's simple gospel stuff, but I read this quote this week from Martin Luther, who said, we need to hear the gospel every day because we forget the gospel every day. So I've went way too long, I'm so sorry. Um, who gets me in trouble these days? I'm just joking. I'm being an idiot. Um, could we all stand?
So I, I, I hope, I didn't mean, I, I didn't want to just bring a message for team night tonight. God has been speaking to me about this from the second I found out I was going to have this privilege of leading our team. And I've been meditating on these passages. And, um, and so it's not really a one-time message, I hope. I hope it's something that, honestly, for me, if I was allowed to wish for anything for us as a team, is that every single individual would be committed to being good soil, to not obsessing over the fruit and miss the process that the soil has to be good. And if the soil is good, then through the Holy Spirit and God's Word and His presence, He will water that thing. And we don't get to pick the time. We don't know how long it takes or how it will work, but we do know that we will produce a harvest 30, 60, 100 times. And so if I'm allowed to be selfish, if I could ask for one thing, is that we would be a team where our soil we were just, our hearts would be soft enough to actually take in and listen to what God is saying to us. That we would care way more about who we are when nobody's watching than when we're on the stage under the lights. And that we would get rid of all the weeds that are trying to choke and discourage and side train us and sideline us. And that we would just be on fire for Jesus. So I just want to pray for you and Chad can do whatever he wants or any and we don't have to take much longer but can we all close our eyes and can you maybe put, put your arms out in front of you it's kind of like just a like an open surrender type posture and maybe you identify elements of all three of those types of soil that you know God's speaking to you about which is so fine I think maybe if we're all honest we all have a little bit of all of that in us but I just want to pray and that God, right now in this moment, through Your Holy Spirit, that where there are parts of our heart that have become hard, maybe that we can justify the reason, Lord God, I just pray that You'd give us a new heart. Lord, not so we could just fall in line with what we're being told to do, God, but so we can actually receive the seed of Your Word and Your promise of who You're calling us to be, God. I pray even right now and in the days to come that there would just be such a sweet and softness about the soil of our hearts individually. Lord God, that we would always come to the table from a place of understanding that You've forgiven us, that You actually know us better than anyone else. And yet You love us, God, that You give us Your mercy every single day, God. Help us to be the kind of people that love everybody the way that You love them, God. That we would be able to find the strength to forgive others the way that You've forgiven us, that we would show mercy, Lord, that we would be gracious, that we would be grateful, that we would be people of praise, Lord God. I pray where those new heart is needed, that You would do that heart transplant right now in this moment. And God, again, that we can get so distracted by who we think we need to be or living up to the expectation of others or trying to please other people, God. But I pray that we would be the kind of people, our heart, that our lives would be deep, that we would care more about when nobody's watching than when everyone's watching. God, there's, the truth is there are weeds that are never going to go away. But God, I pray that You would help us, Lord God, to not let these weeds choke or withhold the growth and the fruit that Your Word wants to bring, Lord God. And I know it's more than halfway through the year, but I just believe we are in a new season, God and that You are wanting to spring and birth and bring new growth in each and every single one of us. And I pray that You would find a bunch of people that just love You and want to be the kind of soil that You can put Your Word and Your promise in. God, I pray and I thank You that we will bear fruit, 
that it will glorify and bless you and bless others. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that it blessed you. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. See you next time.